0: Welcome to Hunting History, the podcast that reaches back into the past for the events that still haunt us today. Tales of true crime, mystery, and the macabre. And when we're lucky, the stories were history and the people who lived it and the paranormal me. Now who doesn't love a good ghost story, right? Welcome back to Hunting History Podcast. I'm your host, Kat. Haley is not here today, but I have Jacob Caputo from Haunted Whittier who I've lived in California my entire life. I've probably been to Whittier twice in that entire time. And I had no idea. I was going online and I had no idea there were so many like cool stories about Whittier.
1: Yeah, we are a a great town. We have a long history. Um, It's actually a lot longer than most people realize Obviously, uh, we had Native Americans living uh, where we live now. Uh, They were called the Tongva. Around about the 18th century, the Spaniards start showing up. One man in particular, Nieto, uh, he was a soldier from San Diego, or he was from Mexico, but he had lived in San Diego for a while. He came up here. He received a land grant. He lived here for many years, and he kind of was the start of what became Whittier uh, later um, after the... uh, The mexican war california becomes part of the united states a lot of the land which is where whittier sits now um, was owned by a mexican gentleman by the name of pio pico he sold off a lot of that land to the quakers who were starting to show up here after the american civil war and uh, they settled here and named the town after a quaker who was an abolitionist uh, by the name of john greenleaf whittier he never actually visited our town but uh, he was very touched that the town was named after him. And uh, all these years later, uh, we're here living in this town and it's a wonderful place.
0: That's what I learned last night when I was watching all that. I was trying to find out as much history as I could about mm-hmm. Whittier. And I didn't know it originally started as a Quaker town. Yeah, it, it very it was much Quaker, was. Right? They And then they didn't do well for whatever reason. The train had not come through yet.
1: Well, they had a lot of problems living in this area. One of the things that it may even come as a surprise, even the uh, the Tongva Indians never stuck around the Whittier area particularly long. And the reason why was there just wasn't enough water here. Uh, they needed to be where water was. And so they would come during the rainy seasons when it was available, then they would leave. And so when the Quakers settled here, they had that exact same problem. And you're right, the railroad wasn't here yet. And that contributed. Uh, eventually, they built a flume to bring water in and uh, they also purchased uh, water rights in some other places and brought water in. And it, then the town flourished, but it was a struggle. They worked very, very hard.
0: And what year was that? What year was it? In, I mean, the Quakers were 1858, I thought it was. Um,
1: yeah, they, so they start showing up in, in small numbers in the 1850s. Um, after the Civil War, uh, more show up. It's really the town doesn't get established until the 1880s, uh, 1887. But, uh, you know, it was a they were here before the town actually became incorporated. So it, it, it took a little while, but, uh, but they worked very hard. Um, if you look at those early photos, this was kind of the wild west out here. There wasn't a lot.
0: And your tour, is it a walking tour of
1: Whittier? It is a walking tour. Uh, we start, well, I have two different tours. One of them, probably the more popular, of the two, uh, we start in central park, uh, which is the original central park Whittier. And, uh, it's got some great history into itself. We start at the John Greenleaf Whittier statue, and then we take a walk into the historical district.
0: Okay, and this park, is that the park that's called Dead Man's Park? It is not. Um, okay, there's that's another
1: park. That is another park. Uh, we talked about that on my tour. Uh, that is our original cemetery. Uh, but Central Park actually um, was at one point owned by Pio Pico himself. It passed into the hands of a guy by the name of John Barclay, who uh, eventually, uh, I'm sorry, Charles Barclay was his name. And he sold the land to the city and they developed it into the park that it is today way back in the 1890s. And uh, it's kind of cool that it's that old. And uh, we have pictures of people having parties, Quakers having parties there in the 1890s and early 1900s. And it's kind of cool that it's still really relatively unchanged.
0: So there is a historic. So I'm not familiar. Obviously, I, I've been to Whittier twice. There's an actual historic district. Is it stores? Is it houses? It's
1: actually mostly houses, believe it or not. Um the we had uh, on Greenleaf, um, kind of that's the main street that was laid out way back in the 1880s. We had a, a very nice historical district there and we would still have it today if it wasn't for the, uh, the Whittier earthquake. I mean, it's still there, but a lot of the original buildings that were from the early 1900s, the late mm-hmm. 1800s were really, really badly damaged. Uh, many of them had to be raised. Uh, they built with brick back then and uh, they just didn't hold up. Um, The historical district itself uh, came into being due to the Whittier earthquake. Many of those houses were torn down because of the earthquake, and the city realized it wasn't going to be long before all of them were gone, so they protected that area. And um, now those homes, uh, they have to be refurbished to period specifications and so they are being preserved thankfully
0: so your whole tour is um based on mostly homes not actual businesses that's
1: true we um my second tour that we start in a restaurant that's on greenleaf that actually is from the 1920s it is haunted and we do stop in a couple of the stores but um we stop in front of a lot of homes when we go into the historical district uh that have some very long history and uh, obviously hauntings
0: how do the homeowners feel about your tour
1: you know um I have to say we're known to be a friendly city. People that live in the historical district, they live there because they have a passion for history and they, they actually do enjoy sharing their homes and letting people see them just because they know that they're special. I've even had, there's a few people on my tour that they know the stories, they've heard of the hauntings, they don't some of them don't believe in them, but they do see them. That is a important part of our, our folklore and so they're happy that those things are being preserved. Other ones do in fact believe in the ghost stories and um, have shared with me some great things and uh, have allowed um, me to you know, hear more stories and uh, you know, obviously increase the, uh, uh, add to the, uh, the tour. So um, I, I'm very grateful to, uh, to what they provide.
0: So I don't want you to give a lot of your tour away because I want people to actually go on it. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about other places in Whittier that are supposedly haunted?
1: Well, yeah, I I'm more than happy to do so. Um, you know, we we are a very old town. You know, there there's a lot of different areas around our town that, you know, some spirits have stuck around. We have a lot of very old buildings.
0: Can I ask about one in one specifically? Yeah, I'm going I'm going
1: to tell you about one right now. Um okay. one of my uh one of my favorite ones is an old antique shop, but that's not what it is. Um it's actually an old orange packing warehouse that was later turned into an antique shop and we do know that a number of people were in fact killed there um, when it was an orange uh, warehouse Um, you know obviously there's going to be industrial accidents right so we do know that there were some lives lost and people that work in there have a lot of uh, very interesting experiences Um, i've interviewed a number of the employees and one of them in particular the comment that i got from them was just wonderful and it was if you don't believe in ghosts, work here for a couple of weeks and you will. And uh, they oftentimes will hear their names being called. There is a, the basement they say is particularly spooky. I've been down there. Um, it is cold when it shouldn't be, even in the summertime. Sometimes you hear voices. I, uh, I There's an area where we know that one of the workers was killed. Um, some of the employees tell me that you will feel cold hands on your shoulders.
0: Killed how? How how killed?
1: Well, he it was it's actually a very sad story. When you go in there and if you look up, there is, you can see where the old freight elevator used to come down. and they boarded it up, but the uh, the square where it once was is still there. And apparently he was standing in the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, this is back in the 20s. Uh, somebody wasn't paying attention, and some uh, machinery was pushed over the edge where the freight elevator was supposed to come down. He was standing there and his head was crouched. So oh. you can kind of understand why he he might be interested in pushing people out of the way.
0: Wow. And this is a, a, a antique store that's still, it's still open? Yeah.
1: It, you can go visit it. You can go there right now if you want. It's called King Richard's oh, Antiques. i go. Yeah.
0: Okay. So tell me about the boys' school.
1: Oh, you so you've heard about uh, Fred C.
0: Well, that I completely got sucked into that last night. I was doing history, 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 and then something came up about that, and then I just could, I sucked in.
1: Well, you know, it, it, it's it's a shame that, you know, I, I have um, mixed feelings about it because it had been closed for many, many years. Um, there are some very special historical buildings there, but it was a prison, and I, I mean, what were you going to do with all of this land? And you know, you can't just preserve everything so when they developed they you know they tore down a lot of the prison and they developed it however many of the buildings were preserved and they they use them for various things now um in that neighborhood uh one of them is a pool house and uh, where the old commandant used to be but there's a lot of, i mean i've I've interviewed a lot of the residents that live over there and they say you know it's a spooky place even though they're brand new houses um they uh I, i actually some of the people on my tour that live over there have they hear voices um, in their house at night, whispering. Um, I guess lights are constantly turning on and off by themselves. One woman shared with me, she looked out her window and, and this was actually an interesting story because I had heard this from somebody that used to work when it worked there, when it was Francine else. And this woman looked out the window and saw a, basically a couple of kids in cadet uniforms, probably from the 1930s or forties marching in formation. And then they just vanished. And we we actually have pictures of them doing that back in that era. Uh, You know, they wore uniforms back then. And, um, you know, so I'm hearing it from a couple of different people now that, that, you know, have no connection to one another. So I I think there's something to it. I mean, it was a horrible place, you know. It
0: was. I was going to say, it was, ideally, it started out for a good reason. Oh, yeah. That there was a need for kids that were kind of wayward and needed help. And then just how do you contain that many kids that are problem kids that's yeah they had grandiose ideas about i I, just so crazy because they even showed at one point that the really bad kids so the violent ones Mm -hmm. would um people were saying that they still needed to be educated just because they were violent they still needed to have an education they would put them in i would call them a porta potty with bars it literally it's like they were like literally the size of a party porta potty, yeah, but they were like it, it was a cage
1: basically. And yeah. they would
0: teach a line of them math and science. And it was like I can't even imagine how many bad feelings are built up in some of those buildings. Well, that are
1: well, it's not just that, I mean, certainly that, but there were murders there, there were suicides. Um, there were a lot of suicides, there were there what? were quite a few actually. in. You don't need to work very hard to find them. You can find them in old reports of them in old newspapers. Um, it, it happened with some frequency. It was a rough place. It was a sad place. Um, those were kids that didn't really have a lot of options. And um, I, I actually ran across a, a woman that worked there as a secretary. And the office that she was in, she could see cameras and she could see hallways and whatnot. And she said that she had cameras places where she knew nobody ever was. And she would see, you know, the figures walking up and down. Um, Doors would open by themselves and then deliberately close. Uh, She said it was an extremely spooky place to work. And she said, said, you know, you didn't want to be there at night. And oftentimes she was. And, uh, you know, everybody that worked there had experiences. And with what you're saying, absolutely. Stuff stuck around. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, there has to be a residue left. Yeah. Now, I heard there's a college in Whittier that was haunted also.
1: Oh, Whittier College?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, Whittier College. Um, I, I've had a number, I've interviewed a number of uh, people that have gone to Whittier College that have had some experiences. Um, you know, going back to uh, the Spanish flu epidemic, Whittier didn't have the hospital capacity. Uh, so they used some of the dormitories as um, infirmaries. And so... You know, how many people died, I, I couldn't tell you, but it would have been, a, you know, a number of people would have lost their lives there. The, one of the spookiest stories that I ever got from a, a woman a girl that was in one of those dorms, um, she was taking a shower and uh, she heard a, the door open as if somebody had come in and she knew she was kind of by herself, but she, she kind of wanted to know who had come in. So she poked her head out just a little bit behind the curtain. Nobody was there. She called out, you know, hey, you know, is anybody there? Nobody answered. So she went back to taking her shower. And so you got to picture this, you know, she's taking a shower by herself. You know, this is obviously a a moment where she's vulnerable. And um, she saw she suddenly felt a presence very close. And she turned to look and a hand was the outline of a hand coming through the curtain. And it was reaching out for her. And she screamed and um, she felt like something trying to grab her. And wow. she quickly ran out of the shower, put her towel around her, and uh, decided never, ever to take a shower in that room by herself again. And she mentioned it to some of the other um, girls that uh, that lived in that area, and they all said, "Yeah, you know, I don't ever, don't ever be, be in there by yourself. There, there's a presence there of some kind." Um, the theory is that it's it was one of the people that died from the Spanish flu because in that building was where they they had been kept.
0: So I've heard so many stories. Over, well, years ago, I mean, I can't even tell you how long it ago someone was talking about haunted locations mm-hmm. in California and someone mentioned Whittier College and I never really thought about it again until you and I started talking. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh wait. And I never looked it up. I never yeah. it just has struck me just now that Whittier College is one of the ones that I'd heard about. What about um, Turnbull? Turnbull well, you know about Turnbull Canyon. I've heard. I don't know anything. I just know that I've heard that it was haunted. I literally did my research in the last two days, so and I heard a lot about Turnbull Canyon. So,
1: I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a lot here if you if you have the time for it. Let will um, take it. It has become Turnbull Canyon has become somewhat controversial in the last few years because what many of us, and I'm a longtime Whittier resident, um, I've I'm third generation, so I've got pretty deep roots in the community. Keep in mind, um, I am child of the 80s. So, you know, we didn't have the internet back then. I grew up believing some of the most horrible things about Turnbull Canyon that you could imagine. We all believed it was haunted. Um, We all believed that there was an insane asylum that had existed back there and that they had performed lobotomies and um, done horrible things. We all had heard various stories about murders that had uh, taken place back there, uh, devil worship, and there's a few other things as well. And in more recent years, um, there's been a couple of people that have really kind of done some deep dives into the history of the area and kind of tried to figure out, you know, what, what is actually going on back there. And a lot of them kind of scoff at the haunted history and they say, well, you know, it, 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 there's no reason for it to be haunted. There was no insane asylum back there. Well, let, let's kind of back up and, and look at what Turnbull Canyon actually was. Back in the early 1900s and well into the 1940s, um, there were oil rigs back there. And there were a lot of them. And it, it was it was oil land. There was quite a bit of it there. And so there would have been roughnecks that were working very hard. And now keep in mind, in that era, safety protocols were not what they are today.
0: and Non-existent.
1: Exactly. So those men were under um a lot of stress and certainly i mean with what they were doing that's dangerous big machinery we know a lot of them died we know that there were fires on the rigs we know that um i mean i've even read you know whittier daily newspapers from like the 20s somebody worked out there on a rig by himself, and then there was you know the dry grass caught fire uh, you know, horribly blistered. Maybe, he, you know, he. maybe he was saved, you know, whether he died or not, you know, they made it to the hospital, but he's horribly burned. There, there was, there was, certainly was a lot of death back in that canyon. So I, I think that it, the place developed a reputation early on because of what had happened there, because the, I mean, it wasn't like they were murdering anybody, but it was hard work of the era and people died in that canyon. So I think a reputation. That's where it started. The place is also very remote. If you grew up there in the 80s or 90s, there wasn't any lights back there. There were very few houses. So you turn, you you know, drive around the corner, it gets pitch black. There were murders that took place there. Um, there, there was a, an unfortunate Whittier high school student that was murdered there in the 70s. And he's been seen walking in jeans and a t-shirt. People look in their rearview mirror and they see him. And then they turn around, there's nobody there. I actually interviewed one of his friends. And it very much did happen. It's in the newspapers. Uh, There was more recent murder back there. There's been some bodies that have been dumped back there. So there's all kinds of reasons for the place to be haunted.
0: Not just necessarily an insane asylum.
1: But let me tell you about the insane asylum because I did a real deep dive into that. Because, like I said, it is very much part of Whittier um, folklore. I grew up believing it. Um, There were any, all the kids in high school Some of them even claimed that, oh, yeah, my great aunt was a nurse there. Um, Or, you know, oh, yeah, you know, my grandpa was friends with a doctor there. He did the, you know, he did the lobotomies, you know, and you keep hearing these stories growing up and there was no Google to go look, like, look up what actually happened back there. And so I always kind of wondered, like, why on earth is this so part of Whittier folklore? There's got to be something to it. Well, I've got two theories on it. I did find that the family that owns Rose Hills, which is very, you know, it's a cemetery, which is very close to, um, Turnbull Canyon. Um, they at one point opened a very small, and they called it a sanitarium, but in those days, this wasn't for like people that were, you know, insane or, you know, had depression or something like that, or needed to be committed. Um, this was just a place to go if you were, if you, you know, if you had, uh, a lot of stresses in your life. You needed to go on vacation somewhere, kind of sit back and relax. Early 1900s, it was known to be kind of a, a lot of women would say, oh, you know, it was fashionable to say that they had had a nervous breakdown, um, believe it or not. And uh, they would go in, and rest and relax there. So that may be like kind of the startings of it. But what my theory is, um, I, I think that people have connected Turnbull mm-hmm. Canyon to the old mm-hmm. Murphy Hospital. And have you heard of Murphy Hospital?
0: No, I haven't heard of
1: that. Yeah, Murphy Hospital used to be in uptown Whittier. It's been long since torn down. Operated in the early 1900s. It was considered, it was a huge behemoth of a building. Very, if you had looked at it, you would kind of think of it as like one of those old fashioned asylums, because it kind of looks like that, but it, but it's long gone. But I think that it's in people's memories. And I, doing some interviews with some people around the community, I found out from a police officer that back in the early 1900s, when they had bodies that were not claimed, they were burying them down on Hadley in an old um, avocado orchard. The farmer was actually taking money from Murphy Hospital and uh, burying them there. And this police officer, the reason he knew about it was because he had gone to calls from people that dug up bodies in their backyard. Oh, no. This is many, this is in the 70s. So many, many years later, you know, somebody's doing a little gardening and they break into this old rotting box and they look down and there's a grinning skull.
0: <laughs> oh no! And this is in Turnbull Canyon.
1: No, this is this is on Hadley. So this is not anywhere near Turnbull Canyon. But okay, what I what I think is is that somehow the lore of Turnbull Canyon um, kind of turned to kind of connect to Murphy Host because that kind of makes sense. You know how folklore kind of becomes yeah. better with every telling. I recently had a discussion with um, the curator of the M- Whittier Museum about this.
0: Which is going to be our next topic.
1: Oh, okay, great. And you know, we, we kind of discussed that a little bit. And he said, you know, he said the um, Murphy Hospital was very, they wanted to project to the community that they were, uh, you know, keep in mind when, when the hospital was built, we were still kind of the Wild West. It's early 1900s. But they wanted wanted to project to the community that they were as modern as possible that they were up on the latest treatments and you know they probably didn't want anybody to know that they were burying bodies in the community and because i asked you you do you have any proof of this have you seen any documentation about this and you know his comment to me was was none you know people don't write things down or sometimes it doesn't survive and so we'll probably never know all of the story but from my understanding though that that uh doing that with uh, unclaimed bodies in that era was not uncommon
0: no i mean i i do my family history and i've found so many times in the 1800s especially where they just buried grandma in the you know in the back 40. Here. Yeah. yeah. And there's, it's still there and someone else owns a property and they know they're there, but yeah. I I mean, I can't, I mean, I'm sure it did happen, but it's funny. Cause and I, almost every community has a Canyon, you know, there's Black Star Canyon, mm-hmm. there's the Brea Canyon. Yeah. And like you always have all these crazy stories, but I've never in, in the two canyons that I know of that where I grew up, there was never a talk about an insane asylum. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's always some kind of story, but it always has a tiny bit of truth. So I wouldn't be surprised if either the Murphy Hospital combined and Mm -hmm. made that story, or I would think it's more that sanitarium. If the sanitarium was near the cemetery and people hear the word sanitarium, they think asylum. So there is a grain of truth. It's probably not even close to what... You know the legend became.
1: I, there's something there because stories like that don't survive without some grain of truth. Right. Um, I'm going to tell you a quick story about Turnbull Canyon. That's and I'm going to make it very clear before I even tell you it's not true. But um, I grew up believing it. A lot of I mean I heard it in high school. I other friends. My uncle he heard it when he was a kid. And 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 it'll make you laugh because it's a story you probably heard other places. And it's just about two lovers from uh, Whittier College. They they drive into Turnbull Canyon to be alone to be together, and uh, when the uh, the boyfriend uh, starts to tries to start his car, car won't start, and um, you know he turns to his his uh, his girlfriend and said, "Look, I'm going to go walk back, and get some help. I'll leave you here." Which that part of the story doesn't even make sense, but you know he leaves her. And, um, you know, pretty soon she hears these odd scratching on the top of the car.
0: Scratching on the car. Yeah. yeah.
1: And she believes that there's a mountain lion up there because we do have mountain lions back in the canyon. And so she huddles under a blanket and stays there. And uh, he never returns, of course. And the next day, you know, there's a knock on the uh, the door of her car. And she kind of looks out at the police officer. And as he's pulling her out of the car, he's telling her not to look up. And, of course, she does. And it's this... Her boyfriend is hanging from the tree, uh, disemboweled. And, um, you know, the, uh, the scraping was his feet against the top oh. of the car. Now when the story is told in Whittier, um, of course it is one of the, uh, inmates of the asylum that had long since escaped. You know, the asylum had burned down. The inmates had burned it down. And, um, you know, he had been roaming the Hills looking for his victims and, uh, it is a wonderful story. I enjoy telling it. I mean, it's
0: a great story when you're in high school and you get your friends all in one car. and st- Yeah. Yeah.
1: Drive Turnbull Canyon, tell that story. It's, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I, and I enjoy telling it because I, I love that, that the folklore has, um, has survived. And, you right. know, there's, there's, of course, no grain of truth in it. But, you know, why, why is it, why is it interesting to us? Why do we continue to, 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 uh, relate tell to the story? Uh, tell the story. And- yeah.
0: Well, because I mean, again, my my tagline is "Who doesn't love a good ghost story?" Absolutely, it's just how it is. Absolutely. Okay, tell us about Whittier Mansion.
1: Whittier Mansion. Um, yeah. Which with Whittier Mansion? Whittier Mansion.
0: Which all I, cool. I hear all the time is Whittier Mansion is haunted. Are, are you talking about the Whittier Museum? About. Oh, there or you go. Sorry, yeah. or,
1: or or are you referring to Pico's house? The man. The Whittier. Um, I've mansion.
0: never heard of Pico's house, so it's it must be the Whittier Museum.
1: Yeah, um, Pio Pico had his house is is uh, still in Whittier. Um, it, we call it Pio Pico's Mansion. So, uh, but Whittier Museum is all there. Actually, that one's haunted as well. But um, uh, if you want to hear both stories, I I, I can tell you. Um, yeah, I do. So Pio Pico's Mansion is an interesting story because it it's it's a sad one. The uh, near the end of his life, I, I need to back up. When sovereignty was passed from um, Mexico to California, Mexican residents were in fact given citizenship um, if they wanted it. And Pio Pico took advantage of that and became a extremely wealthy man. Um, He did very, very well on land speculation and some other things as well. Um, He had cattle, citrus as well. Uh, Later in his life though, he had a gambling problem and uh he uh basically had to sell a lot of his land and as he got older uh, his English was never particularly good he needed a loan and he accidentally thinking he was getting a loan he accidentally signed his holdings all of his land holdings over to another party basically got cheated out of his land and his money his fortune and uh, it was, he actually had to move in with his daughter and he died virtually penniless. And this is, you know, somebody that had been a very, very significant figure in California history. Now, I interviewed a police officer who told me that uh, he had, they had received a call that something, it was in the middle of the night that there was a prowler around Pio Pico's mansion and could they go check it out? And so they went over there I guess and they kind of just were looking nothing seemed to be wrong and he made his way over to kind of I guess his partner went around one side of the building and he went around the other and uh he looks and, and suddenly he he saw some movement so he was very careful to make his way toward that movement and suddenly he sees a man in and the way he described it to me was you know Victorian era clothing this this black uh, maybe a morning coat standing there and uh, the guy turned and looked at him and gave him just very very sad expression uh, very melancholy and they stood and looked at each other for like, just a couple of seconds and the entity faded away and uh, he he was quite sure that he had seen Pio Pico's ghost you know if if he is telling the truth if, this, if there is anything to the story why else would why else would Pio Pico appear in his old house and give such a melancholy look. Well, what happened to the man? He lost his land. He lost his fortune.
0: So what, what is going on with that house now? Is it open to the you public? You can go visit it. Yes, that's it, nice. And I, and I
1: hope you will. It's it's a great piece of California, Mexican and uh, U.S. history, uh, and it's right wow. here in Whittier.
0: OK, so tell us about the Whittier Museum.
1: So the Whittier Museum, a lot of people that visit it uh, claim that it's haunted. Um, The curator definitely believes that he is, it it is. They hear footsteps at night. Uh, They have an old Quaker piano that plays on its own. Um, I guess sometimes he's in his office and he knows that, that, I mean, everybody's gone home for the day. He's the only one there. And suddenly just the notes start playing on on the piano. The one thing that, I mean, maybe you could figure that a piano might be able to make some noise, maybe something fell on it or something, but they have a streetcar in, in there and the old this streetcar was part of the old Whittier line the red car line I'm sure you're probably familiar with that and uh there is a bell on that vehicle and the only way that that bell can be pulled is through a lot of force you have to go you have to really yank on the thing and it goes off by itself with some frequency and the, you know there's a belief among some people that when Items have a importance to somebody's life. Maybe a part of them stays with it. And the Woody Museum is full of a lot of uh, antiques that are from our town that belong to our founders. And so maybe some of them have stuck around and are in the- Now tell place.
0: me, how did you, okay, first of all, how often are your tours?
1: Good question. Obviously in the summer, I run them more frequently. Uh, just because there's more interest, because people are just out and about. Um, I run I try to run in the summertime at least two or three per month. Once it gets cold, people are not quite as interested. I always tell people that the winter tours are the best because it's cold. I think it makes it more spooky. Right. Uh, but during the wintertime, um, I usually run at least once a month. During October, we do them every Tuesday out of a restaurant on Greenleaf called Modern Shaman. And it's a lot of fun. Um, just come show up, have dinner. You can, uh, when we're ready to start the tour, the owner will turn on a fog machine and turn the lights low. And uh, the restaurant actually is haunted. Um, there's a spirit that lingers there that a lot of the employees have seen. And so it's a, it's a wonderful place for me to start the first couple of stories.
0: And where? how do people get tickets?
1: Um, just go on either to my uh, our Haunted Whittier Facebook or Haunted Whittier Instagram, or you can go to Yelp, Haunted Whittier. And there's a link there to buy tickets. Um, we're sold out for October. Or, I mean, for August right now. But I'm going to tell you something secret right now that I haven't really told many people. September 1st is when our tickets will be dropping for the month of October. So definitely log in on uh, September 1st to get some tickets. And if you miss those, don't worry. We'll be doing them in November and into December as well. And can I uh, can I can I say something I haven't told anybody yet yet? Yeah, yeah.
0: Just remember we're in the Like we have a lot of listeners. I know. I'm
1: I'm excited. Okay. Okay. Um, We are working with the Whittier Museum right now to do a full on flashlight tour of the museum. And there's going to be some stories that you haven't heard. It's, it's in production right now, but um, it's, uh, it's, it's one you won't want to miss. I, I guarantee you it's an, it's a spooky old building. You know, the lights will be off and, uh, you know, maybe, maybe we'll see something, maybe we'll hear some things. Um, hard to say, but, uh, but be watching for that. I'll be talking. that will be on
0: your website. It too? will be.
1: And uh, or on we'll,
0: your, yeah, your social media. Yeah. We'll
1: be talking about it on social media when we're closer to, to doing that, but really excited that the Whittier Museum reached out to me to, uh, to kind of develop this. Uh, their team uh, has kind of been compiling some stories, just people that have visited the museum. Cause you know, it's, it's, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't make stuff up. I, I, I want the story, you know, stories come to me and we write them down and uh you know we they're going to be a lot of fun so i definitely watch out for that
0: okay and then one last question what made you get into i mean i I understand that you're a third generation in whittier Mm -hmm. but what made you get into the haunted side of the history
1: you know that that's a uh that's a good question you know i and i talk about this on my tour how to how i kind of view ghost stories i believe that ghost stories are a great way of teaching history. Um, Thank you.
0: That's I, I swear I, I always have these conversations with people are like, well, I only do the history. I don't talk about the hunting and I'm like, they go hand in hand.
1: They do. And, you know, it's funny because I, and I, am not going to say who said this to me because it was kind of insulting, but I, I reached out to a, uh, another local place about, you know, maybe developing a tour with them and, and they said, well, we would never lower ourselves to, uh, to talk about ghost stories. Wow, and I'm like, okay, you don't have to believe them. You can think they're silly, but what what's the lesson? I mean, they preserve history, and you know, this is the one I kind of tell people. I said, you know, I said you've all, everybody's heard the old story. The old man points to the hill and says, "Hey, don't go over there. That's the old Indian burial ground." You you know, we've heard that story. Well, why why is that? Even if you don't believe in ghosts, what does that teach? Well, the right. the Indians were here. And, yeah. may, and maybe the person that hears that goes and looks up. Well, what Indians were here? Oh, you know, this was this was the Tongva. This this was their home. And maybe that opens up a whole door of of an interest. And and I think that's wonderful. That's important.
0: Right now, I'm totally I'm a firm believer that if you dwell enough into history, you're going to run into ghost stories. Oh, it's just how it is. It absolutely is. And so To deny it is denying a portion of your history. Like, yeah. It's still there. It's it's not going to go away.
1: Absolutely, and you know, to go back to kind of how I came up with this, um, I was in a number of years ago. I was in Key West, and they really weren't doing a lot of ghost tours really anywhere uh, back then. I, my wife was looking for something to do and saw that oh, they do a ghost tour here. That's interesting. And it was it was the most fascinating two hours I'd ever spent walking around this this old town, and then telling the, all these great stories from pirates on. I mean, all the stuff that had happened in in Key West and it on the back of my mind I was like do you know this this could this could work in Whittier I bet you know we got a great go eh. to old town and it, it just years go by and it was always in the back of my mind and uh I I have to laugh because this is one of the only good things that came out in my life at least that came out during the lockdowns and covid it it kept, popped into my mind again and I had the time I'm like I'm gonna sit down and figure out how to make this work and nice. I did
0: I'm ex- that's exciting so it's not even that old yet three years now nice
1: and even during during the during covid it was a lot of fun because i was running tours especially in october almost every night i was getting calls from parents saying you do an out- outdoor activity we got to get the family out and right. like, yeah 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 come on out you know you can wear masks social distance and stuff just let's get out in the night air and let me tell you stories
0: Nice. I'm gonna definitely hit up your tour. I'm gonna I'm gonna come in November. Because I, I know I that you you're will. gonna be packed through October. I'm not gonna even take away from any mid-October. I'll go on a ghost tour Christmas Eve. I don't care.
1: You know we we yeah, nightmare before Christmas, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't even care. I don't care what time of year it is.
1: I'll go. Yeah, they're, a lo- they're and a lot, And I of
0: fun. love it. I'm excited. I when I you popped up on my um Instagram feed and I was like, what <laughs> i i've never heard of this i was so excited so i'm excited so i'm gonna have on our website i'm gonna have all the information about jacob and haunted whittier you can go there um you sent me links right jacob i, I did
1: in fact yeah
0: so uh, there will be links there you can save the links and like you said september 1st mm-hmm. all his october stuff goes on sale so hit up haunted whittier i know i've uh, we got people to go to the haunted orange tour and that was so much fun
1: which which by the way they they um they've come on my tour i've gone on theirs um you know they're, they're a great group of people and uh yeah i agree with you great tour. so you've
0: done the haunted orange one i have
1: yeah they're, they're...
0: that's my hometown yeah
1: they, the great orange is wonderful isn't it
0: yeah it's that's where i grew up i grew up three blocks from the the historic district
1: yeah. and they've got some stories so, yeah. they definitely got stories
0: yeah well now i have to visit Whittier too. thank you so much for doing this with me it's <laughs> my pleasure I'll have all your stuff on our website. Um, anybody who's listening that wants to go to Whittier, I know we have a lot of California listeners. Um, hit up Jacob and follow him on Instagram. And I'll share right before your episode comes out you. I'll have it all over our social media too.
1: Excellent. Well, this was a pleasure. Thank you.
0: Good night.
1: You have a good night as well.
0: Bye. Whether you're a believer in the supernatural or a skeptic searching for answers, Haunted Whittier and its ghost tours offer a unique lens with which to view the world. They remind us that in a world driven by science and reason, there are still mysteries that we don't understand, and a past that deserves to be remembered. Thank you for listening to this episode of Haunting History Podcast. We love hearing from you, so be sure to like, follow, and comment on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Haunting History Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to all your favorites. Visit our website at hauntinghistorypodcast.com for more information on each episode, links to our Patreon page, and all of our social media platforms. Until next time, I'm Kath. I'm Haley. Remember, the living are far scarier than any ghost.